Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. We still don't get paid what I believe we're worth. I had secretly been wanting to try health coaching. Women have been dropping out. Your body is the next frontier of liberation. You have to monetize. We buy into this idea that anyone can do this. Your body becomes proof. Whether or not we're trying to sell a service or a product, all women are brands. Now I'm a health coach. My name is Kyla Tova, and this is Your Body, Your Brand. Prologue. In five, four, three, two, one. So, I am here today with Jennifer Salmonathan, who is starting her yoga journey tonight. So, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so I'm so excited. So, let's kind of dive into this. So, I am interested in hearing a little bit about... In late 2017, I started going to writing meetups to work on this podcast. They were largely attended by women, although sometimes men showed up to work on their sci-fi novels. I live in Silicon Valley, after all. During one meetup toward the fall of 2018, I ended up sitting across from a woman with whom I instantly clicked. Before we started writing, we shared with one another the projects on which we were working. Me, this podcast. Her, a blog about travel and her mindfulness journey. It turns out that she, like me, had recently dropped out of the corporate workforce. Further conversations revealed that she was planning on becoming a yoga teacher, and I asked her if she would be interested in sharing her journey with me and the podcast. So we set a date, October 17th, 2018, the day that she would be starting her yoga teacher training. We both got up early in the morning so I could record before work as I had just gotten a new job, even though she'd be up late that night training. And I got to know why Jennifer Salmonathan decided to drop out. Oh, okay, how I got here. So let's first start about, uh, I was actually working in corporate for seven years. So I started a corporate job right after college. Just grinding and hustling and working my way to climb the corporate ladder, basically. Doing what it took to get promoted, doing what it took to just continue getting things done in a professional manner. And it wasn't up until last year, my company had a huge layoff. So I wasn't laid off myself but what happened was they were closing offices and relocating to Oakland and for those that don't know I live in Sunnyvale and that as you know living in the Bay Area during commute times is terrible traffic so that just wouldn't have worked with my schedule I took that as just an opportunity to reevaluate what I was doing with my life once and whether or not I was, whether or not I was truly happy. Uh, And I booked a ticket. I quit my job. I booked a ticket to Zimbabwe. I was living abroad for two months, volunteering for wildlife conservation, which completely altered my perception of life 
and my priorities and what I wanted to do. And during that time, I've just really been taking a long sabbatical. And I came back from Zimbabwe with a fresh perspective, not wanting to go back in to tech. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? It gave me the foundation that I needed. It gave me the relationships I have today and the resources that I have. And that's fantastic. But I just knew deep down in my gut that that is not the next chapter for me. And I wanted to do something different. Hence, why I, I met you at our Shut Up and Write. And I am pursuing very actively my writing career. And also, at the same time, doing yoga teacher training, which starts tonight. Okay, so I want to go back a little bit and talk about your corporate job. So what were you doing in corporate America? Great question. So my exact title was a worldwide compliance manager. I know that sounds really fancy. What that basically means is I was leading the global team that protected the company's intellectual property. So I was responsible for leading software audits. So we had to audit our customers to ensure they're using licenses within the terms of the agreement. But most importantly, it was a revenue generating role. So I, ha- I was responsible for bringing in millions of dollars on an annual basis. On a good year, 6.8 million, I remember. And that was a fantastic year. You know, on a bad year, $3 million, but that's still a lot of money. And just a very demanding role, I would say. You know, it took a lot out of me, uh, emotionally, physically. You had to be on your A game all the time, which I'm sure a lot of people feel uh, in their corporate tech roles, especially if you are a woman and you are working primarily with a lot of men and you, and we talked about this briefly, but I just, there's just times when I felt I was walking a very tight rope. And what I mean by that is I had to be nice enough that I was likable so that I could get promoted so that people would work with me, but I had to be assertive and aggressive enough so that I was taken seriously as a leader. And I had to play that role very finely every day. That would look like, you know, definitely putting in the effort to dress nicely, right? Making sure that one, I was looking good. Like I had to think about what I wore, how to think about my hair, how to make sure, but also not overdo it, right? I didn't want to come off across as if I was overselling my appearance, but I also didn't want to look like a slob or because unfortunately the reality was that the appearance did matter and the looks did matter in some aspect. 
and I, I took that into consideration. And also filtering what I said. So I had to use certain words because I didn't want to offend people. Um, so say, for example, if, and here's an example of a, of a meeting that I was in. And it was with four other men on the call, including my manager. And it was really about an update on my team, uh, what the department is doing, how much revenue we're bringing in, uh, where do we see ourselves in the next couple months, just a typical forecasting meeting. But the difference was that now it was all eyes on me, meaning the company just needed this money and I can feel it. So there was a lot of pressure and they were, they had a lot of questions like what's happening. So what, what are the analytics behind this? How do you know this is, you're going to bring in $2 million in the next couple of months, like questions like that. And I was being grilled and it gets to the point where you're just sitting there and you're thinking, I know this is, they're just asking me questions, but at the same time, I'm feeling a little attacked, if that makes sense. And I remember sitting there asking these questions, and I had this out-of-body experience. And I, I'll remember this. I had this out-of-body experience. And once the call was done, just because they're grilling me left and right, I hung up, and I sat in the office, in the office that I was sitting in, I turned my chair to face the window because I was so ashamed and I just started crying. And I remember just thinking, I'm tired. I am, I'm exhausted. And all the tears came out and, you know, you're not supposed to cry in the office, right? kind of something you're supposed to do in private. So I I called my really good friend. She no longer worked at the company, but she was just my rock, my soldier. And I called her because she left and I just needed I just needed to vent. And she was just there for me in a way that really helped elevate me. And put things in perspective. I'm not, I mean, even after that, I still stayed. I mean, I, I stayed. And now that I think about it, I stayed for probably a year after that event, just, just fighting. You know, I think that's the mentality. You got to keep, I kept feeling as if I had to fight. Yeah. Why, why did you feel that pressure to continue fighting? I felt like I had to prove myself and I, I don't know how to, hmm, let me think about this because I was the only female amongst so many men. And and quite frankly, I, I loved my executive. I loved my manager and I didn't want to let them down. We had a great relationship, but I just, and internally I, felt pressure as well. Like I had to just show them. 
I don't know. I had to just show that, you know what? I am young. I am a female, but I can rock this. And it was just this daily, this daily act of continuing to prove myself to almost feel as if I deserve this now that I'm saying this out loud. I feel like this is not you like your story is unique because it's you but it's also not unique in that sense (laughs) you know what I mean um the specifics are unique to you but the universal feeling of needing to prove yourself and needing to show them you can do this right yeah um and you know I had a similar thing where I was I well mine was a little different I was boxed out of my uh role essentially a bunch of men were hired in and started treating me like a direct report and I just remember feeling like I have to stay to prove this or something I have to be able to fix this I have to and then a year later you know after fighting for a year it was just like okay uh I'm gonna rage quit so I'm gonna do this as quietly as I can because otherwise I'm flipping a table and walking out you know wow Wait, so you yeah. did flip the table and walk out, or you didn't flip the table? Oh, I, I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I No, I, I left on good terms, but, man, that was a rough, it was a rough roll. <laughs> yeah, I can <laughs> imagine. Of it. Exactly. Yeah. So before you started doing, you know, worldwide compliance and revenue generation, how, like, what, what did you study? What did you want to you know, be when you grew up? Oh, yeah. So I, as a child, just loved reading and writing. Mm -hmm. And I had a journal. I kept a diary. I wrote it in every day. English was always my favorite subject in school. And Mm -hmm. this just happened a few days ago. So as I mentioned, I am seriously just... Mm -hmm pursuing my career in writing at this moment and just following my passions and following my dreams. Well, that isn't easy every single day. There's going to be days when you're, you look up and you're thinking, what am I doing? Uh, this yeah. is harder than it looks, <laughs> right? You know how, you know how yeah. I feel. And yes. you want to give up. And I was cleaning my car. And my car was just a mess in the trunk, by the way. I was cleaning my car, and I pick up and I find a high school short story that I wrote. And I read over the teacher's comments, and she said, Jennifer, this is writing to be proud of. And for some reason, I told myself, I haven't cleaned my trunk in forever. After all these years, just as a reminder, as a reminder that, I love this. I love doing this. And somewhere along the way, I probably got caught up in life like we all do, right? I got caught up in achieving and performing. And I lost sight of what I actually wanted to be when I was younger. And that is an author, is a writer. So I went to... I went to college and majored in business management and through graduation and landing an internship at a big tech company in the area. And then that led to another 
opportunity which led to and it just was a cycle of jumping from one opportunity to the next without taking a breath really I'm really interested in kind of how you started turning towards, you know, an independent, you know, gig style lifestyle, if you will. Um, Like, how did freelance become a part of the equation in a a tangible way? So I wouldn't say that it is at this point in a tangible way, meaning I don't have it all figured out at this point at all. I think that's the beauty of of how much I've grown and what my pers- how my perspective has changed is because I don't need to see the entire staircase before I take that first step, meaning I am okay with the uncertainty. You know, back then, the uncertainty and the messiness would have drove me nuts. You know, I would try to control and manipulate every situation and aspects of my life thinking if everything was just perfectly laid out then I would be okay um so to answer your question you know right now it just I I guess I had to almost lose everything meaning I came back from Zimbabwe I reevaluated my life. I said, okay, I, one, uh, can no longer continue living in my beautiful apartment in Los Gatos. I needed to come to terms with that, let it go, especially if I was serious about starting a new career and doing what I was passionate about. I had to let go of my apartment, which was very difficult for me. And to let that go, I had to just sit down and and take a good look at my life and think, okay, what do you want to do? What's the next step? You want to do this? You got to go all in. That's that's what I told myself. You got to go all in. You got to burn your boat. I was like, okay, this money that I'm now saving, where is it going? What am I going to do with it? And I started investing in a writing coach, one, uh, a very expensive writing coach, which I love, by the way, who has completely changed and altered my craft and the art of it, but completely worth it. And I then also invested the rest of the money that I had into yoga teacher training because I figured, you know, this is something that I also love doing. And if anything, through this journey, it will deepen my practice and allow me to learn more about myself. So I don't know at the end of this if, I'm going to be a yoga instructor or what will happen. I just know that I needed to make moves in that direction or else I was going to continue feeling stuck. 
how did you find out about like getting a writing coach or doing yoga training? I'm really interested in kind of like what influences you had to like say, oh, there are other people who've burned their boats. There are other people who can help me make this happen. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So I will tell you that uh, when I decide to leave my job, um, I actually, what I did was I wrote a story on how deeply unhappy I was with my current role, um, why I'm leaving to live abroad for a few months, what this means to me. And I ended up sharing the story. My network then shared it with their network. So now it was everyone was rooting me on in the most beautiful way. I felt so much love. I felt so much support. And people reaching out to me that I haven't talked to in forever, you know, just saying, you know, I want to do that too. Like, I want to take that risk. I want to quit my job. I want to pursue my passions and my dreams. But I have a family. I have a mortgage. You know, I have obligations. And I'm not in the same situation that you're in because I have so many things I need to take care of. And I get that, right? I sympathize with that. And I came back. And now people are asking, the cliffhanger, so, you know, are you going to go back? Like, what's, what's happening? Are you, you know, what are you going to do now with your life? And I then felt even more inspired because it was this moment of, I can't go back. And I'm not saying later down the line things aren't going to change, but right now I can't go back into tech because, I have to be the one, meaning I have to walk the walk and show not only myself, but just people that, hey, there's more to life than just the hustle and the grind of being at a job that you don't like, quite frankly. You know, it takes a lot of courage to step out and do what you want to do. And it was through other people, through the support that I was given, through talking to so many people about my journey that I recognized there's a lot of fear out there, myself included. Because, because Kylie, you know, there's moments when I was going to go back. There was moments when I got offers because I, I looked at my bank account and I said, Jennifer, you, you need to figure out financially what you're going to do. And I started reading up on writers that I loved and authors that I loved. So Elizabeth Gilbert, love her. And I just became obsessed, meaning I was obsessed about other writers and how they their journey and how they got to where they are. So I read on, read up on Elizabeth Gilbert, what she went through and she also was waiting tables and working in restaurants and then would come home at night and just start writing. You know, she didn't care whether or not her writing would produce any money. And that wasn't the point. The point was, 
she had to write for the creation, for the art of it. And that's how I feel. I feel that fire. I feel that spark where I'm going to do this, whether or not it grows into something bigger, which I hope it does, because I feel the message is so strong. But I'm going to do this regardless of what happens. And that's, that's when I knew. I was like, I know my heart is in the right direction because I would lose it all to do this. I wish that I could tell you that I, I followed someone and did exactly what they did, but I didn't. I, I really just, decided that this is what I was going to do. And that's the reason it was so messy. And there's moments that were not pretty, right? There's moments when I was crying on the floor, figuring out what am I going to do next? Because I had no, I had no clear direction. And that's the thing. I, it's becoming clearer for sure. But initially, in those first couple months, I was still figuring it out. I was still thinking, um, where, first of all, where am I going to live, right? And what am I going to do for money? How am I going to sustain doing what I'm doing? Um, what I did start, what I did start doing that was actually very helpful was I started listening to podcasts ah. that, yes, mm-hmm, I did. And I was listening to them multiple times out of the day and just things that would inspire me. So I listened to a lot of the Oprah podcasts. I listened to podcasts from women who were creating their own companies and how in the first couple years, you know, authors would write things that no one would read. Like they didn't really have an audience and that didn't matter. They just continued to write. Do you, do you know which podcasts like were specifically, I'm just, I'm really curious kind of which yeah. ones showed you that this was the way besides Oprah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I will admit I, I listened to Oprah heavily just because uh, it was Oprah's super soul conversation to be exact. She just interviewed people uh, that just talked about following your soul, you know, trusting your intuition, what, like what to do when you hit those moments of darkness, you know, whether you know you are going in the right direction. So it was just things that I needed to hear and I needed to connect with at that time. Uh, I also listened to Rachel Hollis. I don't know if you've heard of her podcast called Rise. This was introduced to me uh, by my cousin, and I haven't heard of her prior, but she is a woman, a phenomenal businesswoman who graduated from high school. She didn't go to college, and she built a multi-million dollar business with the Google search bar. So she self-taught herself and built this company. She grew up in a 
very religious home. Her father was a pastor and she grew up performing and achieving because when daddy was around, she had to be this perfect child almost. And then when he was gone, she had to just stop talking. So she carried a lot of that with her in the business world. So she was killing it. She was just doing so well as a company. But whenever anyone asked her about it, she was, she almost didn't like talking about it because of her upbringing. She would downplay the success of her hard work and all the sweat she put into her company. And I think that's the message is, why do we do that? Why do we, as women, downplay how much work we're putting into something or downplay our success? So why yoga? What kind of made you say, all right, well, I'm going to be a writer. Obviously, this is a thing that I've cared about, obviously, since high school, right? You have it, you know, you've got stories that you're literally carrying around with you. Um, But so, so why yoga? Yeah, so I have always been, just like you, um, been conscious about my health and my fitness. And I was introduced to yoga while I was, while I was in my my corporate tech years. And I really, I just wanted to be fit. You know, I was tired of going to the gym. I wanted another means to exercise. And yoga was just the new thing at the time. And I was like, great, there's a yoga studio near my apartment. I'll check it out. I went. And this is the thing with yoga is and at the time I didn't realize that, but now I do is it's not just going into class and leaving, right? It's, it's truly a mindset. And I had to learn in that class and through continuous practice. And the reason it's so difficult is you have to mentally shift. So what I learned through, through yoga was, huh, I'm actually seeing the world a lot, much more beautifully. Meaning, and it could be as simple, Kyla, as just sitting on my couch and and drinking my cup of tea, right? Something that before I would have rushed through or I would have just made the tea, put it in a cup, and then rushed off to work. Now it's like, you know what? Yoga's taught me to slow down and appreciate the world around me and be present. And that's the key is like now I am much more aware, not just self-aware, but aware of others. And I'm happier. Like I can say without a doubt, I am the happiest I've ever been in my entire life at this moment. And it is just, I'm not going to say that's all because of yoga, but it definitely changed how I see things. Yeah, I started doing yoga 
uh, in the middle of my last job, which was so toxic. And I just in the middle of the day, I would just say, you know, I block off my calendar, put a do not book, you know, like and I would just go to the gym and and do yoga. And it was the only thing that kept me at that job for as long as I was able to stand it, you know, um, just because I was able to at yes. least go and have that time for myself, you know. Yes. Yes. And yeah. did you did you feel different after class? Did you oh, yeah. feel this sort of high? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Were there people that, uh, you know, like yoga teachers that you saw or like friends who had done the same thing? Like what what made you say, OK, so this is giving me you know, the ability to practice is in itself very fulfilling. And I know you mentioned earlier that you may not even become a, a teacher at the end of this. Who knows? Right. So why, right. why yoga teacher training? Yeah. So I have one, a, a much more flexible schedule now, as you can imagine. So I can go to yoga classes twice a day or go during obscure times, which no one else is in the class so I can go at 10 30 a.m and it'll be me and four other people in the room and I was having I was having a moment in the day where I I was just getting lost you know in my head I, I didn't have a clear sense of what I wanted to do with my life I felt like I need to have the answers my family is calling me and just saying, what are you doing? What's going on? What's your next career change? You know, I, I didn't have an answer. So my answer was just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So I went to class and just having one of those low days and the class was uh, a CT yoga class and it was heated. And I remember walking out feeling, wow, I feel so much lighter. My head is clear. And I'm going to go talk to the instructor. So I'm, I don't really talk to the instructors. I know that sounds bad, but that, that just wasn't, that wasn't who I am. I, I, I didn't, I didn't. I would just like, great. I got my class in. I'm going to go change. I'm going to go home. But something, something that day said, just go talk to this instructor. She was so sweet. And she came over, adjusted me, and I just, we just had this moment. So I, I walk out of the locker room, and I say, hey, you know, one, thank you for class. Uh, secondly, you know, I, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm just letting you know. But how do you like being a yoga instructor? I asked her that. She looks at me. Her eyes now are just wide, and she says, Jennifer, are you thinking of being a yoga instructor? And I say, I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but I'm still, I still don't know. And she says, I will tell you that yoga has changed my life. And it's completely, like, like I said earlier, it's altered her perception of 
just the world and how she wants to live. And she told me that what you can do is sign up for the training and go through this journey, right? It's a 200 hour yoga training journey. It's pretty intense and come out of it a completely transformed person. Um, you don't have to teach. You know, there are people who go through this training and end up not teaching because they feel it's not for them. However, I haven't heard of anyone that said they regretted just going through training. So it was really from that instructor that I decided to talk to that day that just changed my mind. And, and you know, there's times when I, I wanted to back out, right? I, I uh, had a moment when I was like, hmm, are my finances going in the right direction? Right? You got to think about that stuff. And I was <laughs> like, Am, is my investment going towards something that is going to be valuable to me in the future? So I called the instructor. I have her number at this point. I was like, hey, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to be real. I, I really don't know if I'm going to do this. And she, I tell her about my fears. I was like, I, I just don't know if it's for me. You know, maybe I am just more of a student of yoga. Like I love going in and just being a student and, and learning. And I don't know if I, I want to go through this process. And she talked me off the cliff. She said, okay, very supportive. She's a mom and she has that motherly spirit, which I love. And she's like, okay. So I feel very responsible for you, is what she said to me, because I signed you up. Yep, because I signed you up. And if you don't want to go through with this, up to you, but I know in my gut that this is something you need to do. I don't know how I know it, but I just feel it in my gut. And let's let's also take into the picture, okay, she may have a biased perspective, right? I had to be like, maybe, right, let's, um, yeah, I had to be real about that too. Um, but if you know her, and I've gone to know her over these last couple months, she is just the sweetest person that, like, one of the sweetest people I've ever met, where I, I, I don't think that she would just come out and say, you need to be a yoga instructor. You know, she's not that type of person. She's sweet, but she's also real, like a coach. You know, you need a coach in your life. Like, not a cheerleader all the time. You need someone who's like, okay, I love you, but here's where you're messing up, and this is what you need to do. Um, so, yeah, I, like I said, I, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this journey. I just know at this moment I need to commit and see this through and see where it takes me at the end. Well, uh, I think that's a really great place to end. <laughs> like, perf just like a good writer, uh, you know how to ah. put a button on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that so night, Jennifer started classes. She would be giving up two weeknights and the majority of her Saturdays for a couple of months to attend. 
I asked her to keep an audio journal of the experience so that we could debrief once the program was over. I hope you stay tuned to this podcast because as we get deeper into the conversation about why women drop out of the workforce to become yoga teachers, you'll hear how Jennifer's story perfectly parallels the ways in which new media and the cultural narrative shaped her decision-making process. Join us as we dive into this conversation and stay tuned for the conclusion or maybe the beginning of Jennifer's story at the end of season one. Today's episode was written, recorded, edited, and produced by me, Kyla Tova. Dramaturgical feedback was provided by Kendall Lynch. Music for the intro was written and produced by Mackenzie Quattlebaum. To support this independent, ad-free podcast and to help us develop a season two, please consider becoming a patron. Patrons who pledge $5 a month or more will get exclusive audio, including cut audio and longer, previously unreleased interviews. Just visit patreon.com slash bodybrandpod. For show notes and links to guests on today's episode, please visit bodybrandpod.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you a health coach, yoga teacher, personal trainer, or wellness entrepreneur? Have you considered becoming one? I'd love to hear your story and potentially share it on a future podcast. Or do you have a question? Well, you can send me a text email, or better yet, record a voice memo and email it to yourbodyyourbrand at gmail.com. Or you can connect with me on Twitter at BodyBrandPod. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.